Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I know we've been praying a lot, but let's just pray. Thank you, Father God, for your spirit here right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you had to leave this planet so that you could send the comforter, the nurturer, the friend, the counsellor, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're on all mankind. But not only are you on mankind, but you can operate in mankind and through mankind. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit right now, moving on our minds. Thank you for the spirit of revelation. Thank you for the spirit of truth. Thank you for the spirit of friendship. We're no longer aliens, but we are now friends of God. And not even just friends, but we have the right to be called sons of daughters through Jesus of the living God. Thank you for pathways being open. Thank you for clear neural pathways. Nothing's going to distract us. We're going to be focused on hearing about you, Father, and what your heart is towards us. Holy Spirit, move powerfully in this time. May lives be altered. May destinies be realigned. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Shake hands with someone around you that you haven't already shaken hands with. Now you've got to look around and go, oh, do I have to be friendly? Woohoo! Thanks, team. Great job. You might turn up church today and you're thinking that church is a certain way. It's meant to be done a certain way. And, and nah, nah. I love that about God. I really love it because whenever we get a theology, because you realize God doesn't have a theology. I'm just going to let that sink in a little bit. It's us that has a theology. It's us that has a, a, a knowledge or an understanding of what we think God is so that we can put him in a box so that we can understand him. But just when we think we understand him, boom, he changes and flips the script. Just when you think he hasn't got enough love, bang. There's more love. Just when you think you've used up all the mercy that you can use up and, and that's it. it, Scripture says his mercies are new every morning. I, this morning I was driving here early and um, my daughter, she said to me, gee, Dad, you were at church early. And I said, well, it's a new me. Why are some of you laughing? Just because you know me. Um, no, I like getting to church early. I, I really do. And I was looking at the sunrise, and I took a photo of it and sent it back to the girls in my family who were still in bed. And um, one of those was the daughter that asked me, gee, you got at church early this morning. And the sunrise was spectacular. It was just amazing. You know that there have been millions and millions of sunrises, and not one's the same. That's how creative our God is. You know that there's been billions and billions of humans. Not one of us is the same. You might have a, a doppelganger somewhere around the planet that looks a little bit like you, but no one is the same as you. That's how creative our God is. And it's not just at this time frame. That's through the whole of eternity. No one has ever been the same. We had a Labrador that we had to have put down this week. Old Princess Molly, she was 16-something years old, She's been with our family for 16 and a half years, and, and she was very much like Labradors. She will eat anything, um, not obey anything you say, and, um, and just loved living life and loved water. And they come from the Labrador region in um, Canada, from Canada. Oh, Canada. They come from Canada, you know, and you think that all dogs are the same. 
they have a nature, but they're not. They're, they're unique because they come, they're encountered by us, which we're meant to bring. We're made in the image of God and we're meant to bring heaven to earth. That was the whole plan with Adam and Eve. We were meant to bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth in our stewardship, in our government of our lives and of the earth. And who knows that we've messed it up royally. From the beginning, we just messed it up and we're continuing to mess it up. But I'm just so glad that we have a merciful God who's every sunrise that's new and fresh, his mercies are fresh and new every morning. I don't know who that's for, but just for you to understand, his mercies are new every morning. You can't run... You can't wear him out. You can't run out of it. His love does not end. His, his mercies, his faithfulness to all generations, Scripture says. So I just want to encourage you. We have a great God, just like Sam was saying. Awesome job, Sam. Yeah. Sam was so nervous earlier. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm so nervous. Oh, I'm so nervous. Oh, I'm so nervous. And I'm going, no, 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 no. Great sportsmen and great speakers all know it's not nerves. It's excitement. It's excitement for anticipation for something good that's going to happen. So I want you to change whenever you feel nervous or scared, flip it and say, oh no, I'm actually excited about what's going to happen. I'm excited about the outcome of what's right before me, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whatever it is. If you face it with a different attitude, you never know there might be a different outcome. When we remember Jesus, he said that before anything else had happened in his life, before he was scourged, before he was beaten, before he was bloodied and, and just destroyed um, physically and nailed to a cross. He said before that, remember me to his disciples. Take this cup. Take this bread. This is, the, this is my blood of the new covenant. This is the, my body that's broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. But then Paul Later on, in his letter to the Corinthians, said, you know, do this in remembrance of Jesus, but when you take this cup and eat this bread, you also make a proclamation over your life of everything that the death of Jesus has accomplished. By his stripes we're here. What was meant to just scourge him and tear his flesh apart is actually we get healing through that. This is where God flips the script. He's a good God. He always turns things around for his purposes. I loved Pastor Adrian's message last week about how he said in Isaiah, I've got, I've got this in my notes so we can throw up to this. He said, just like the rain falls from heaven and it accomplishes everything that it needs to accomplish, so is my word, it says in Isaiah 55, that goes out from my mouth, it will not return empty without producing fruit. You know, we need to actually step into his word. We need to know his word, just like Sam was saying this morning. When he grew in the knowledge of understanding the word of God and the promises of God and the faithfulness of God, as you see, they're, they're not just stories, they're actually recollections and they're, they're statements and oracles and records of God's faithfulness through all generations. And it goes back thousands of years. People try and dis, you know, um, discard scripture because they say, oh, it's been faulted by translation. No, 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 no. You've got to, if you want to actually make a statement like that, you've got to study things. There are over 5,000 records of exactly the same statements that they have collated throughout history that show us that the Word of God is actually pure. The Word of God has been stated the same over thousands of years. And it's a, I love it. It's my favorite book. It's my favorite book. When I start reading another book, I just go, I could be reading the Bible. 
That's what happens. I, I just... I pick up a book on leadership or I pick up a book on attitudes and then I go, I could be reading the Bible. It has all the answers that I need. It has all the encouragement. Pick up, pick up a book on encouragement and you go, wait a minute, the Bible's got more encouragement in it than this. Today I want to talk about word power. Word power. How's your word power? You know, like we should actually have a very um, well-developed vocabulary. Unfortunately, in this day and age, we, words are changing so quickly uh, that you could be saying one thing today that it means something else because of, you know, pop culture and stuff like that. But um, I'm just going to go through a couple of words. Do you, you want to know some words, some new words? Okay, here's a word for you. Truculent. Truculent. You ever heard the word truculent? That's not when you lean on a large vehicle. <laughs> Truculent means to be eager or quick to argue or fight. We live in a very truculent um, generation in society. Everyone has an opinion, and um, truculent is a word that you don't use very often. Uh, it's an adjective, so you can actually say, you know, a truculent individual. A word that I used in the first service, I want to bring it out. I, we don't have a screen of it because I chucked it in late, but it's supercilious. Has anyone ever heard the word supercilious? And it's not because it's a super silly word. It's a supercilious means to actually have an opinion about things that you want to tear other people down because of your opinion. I can say now that Facebook could be and probably is a very supercilious medium. Um, a lot of social media is a supercilious medium because there are so many opinions. People that just want to rant and rave and have their say about things are very truculent in the way that they want to get it out there and say things. Now, these are all word of the day over the last week. I want to talk about a different type of word because Kylie, when she spoke, Pastor Kylie, when she spoke a few weeks back, she talked about the, um, the story of the book of Ruth and how that was about Naomi. This woman who was um, an Israelite and due to um, their situation of famine, they moved from where they lived to the uh, a region of Moab, which was a, a foreign nation. And her two sons that she took with her were healthy, you know, vital young boys, but they died. And there's a story that goes on from that. But their names that she called them, and names are so important. The names that she called them, they're going to go up on the screen right now, and... Um, the first one is Machloin. It looks like Marlon, but it's actually Machloin. It means to be weak, sick, or afflicted. It means to grieve or make sick. She called him that. So every time she called out to him, say, Hey, sickly, you're grieving me, making me feel ill. It's great. You know, Israel back then knew the power of names because. God had actually changed people's names from being one thing, Jacob, heel grabber, Jacob, deceiver, to Israel, father of nations. From Peter, from being, I can't remember what he is, Simon, weak, reed, tossed around, to Peter, rock. He changed names. The other one is Chilion, which means to be wasting away, pining, consumption. The, the sickness of consumption there means to waste away and die. Anyone wonder why the kids died when their names were that? You know, people, there's an old saying that says, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Yeah, that's not true. Names are so important. The names that you get called by people around you, by your parents, by your friends, names are so 
important. The names you call yourself in your head when you do something wrong or when you have an opinion about yourself. Do you realise there's names going around in your head about who you are, your opinion of who you are? They're not good names. Like when I make a mistake, sometimes I'm like, you idiot. I get really frustrated with myself. I just go, you're so stupid, Stephen. Why do you keep doing this? Names, things that are going on in my head. Or somebody else does something, idiot, you know. Names that go on, words that come up in our head. They are powerful. Adrian talked about the word of God not returning void. Words always accomplish something. Always accomplish something. John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. By him all things were made, and there's nothing that has been made that wasn't made by him. Oh, I love John 1. This Within him, see, I'm doing it off the top of my head. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not ever overcome it. The Word, Jesus. I am the Word of God, he said. Jesus, the Word. Everything that was created was created by a Word and created by the Word. There was nothing that was created. It was interesting because I I shared in the the 9am how um, one of the Italians in our church has made some wine. He'd made a late Shiraz and it's it's very sweet and very portish in its flavour. And I said, it's amazing, mate. This wine, I reckon this would be similar to what Jesus served at at the wedding of Cana. And he's like, oh, thank you. And I said, you've actually turned water into wine. And he's like, what? I said, well, you watered the grapevines. The grapevines produced fruit. You crushed the fruit. You fermented it. And you made this beautiful wine. Water into wine. Isn't it astounding that Jesus didn't need the process because by him all things were created and there was nothing that was created that wasn't made by him. Jesus actually created grapevines. He created water. Made all these things. Even the process of fermentation he made. So that your bread can rise, so, you, so things can happen, you can get your sauerkraut. Who's that important to? Yes? It's very healthy for you. Sauerkraut's a very healthy thing to eat. We've got to make some sauerkraut. Words are so important. How is your word power? Word power. Jesus had the power to turn water into wine without using the grapevine without using the process of fermentation, without using the process of photosynthesis to grow everything. He bypasses all that, wine, water into wine. Isn't that astounding? He actually created our eyes, our limbs, our ears, our, our everything. It was, it was, he was part of that whole construction. I don't know how, but we're told that everything, nothing that was made wasn't made by him. He was part of the Godhead in designing it. That's why he could speak sight into blind eyes. That's why he could speak hearing into deaf ears. That's why he could speak movement into dead limbs and he could speak life into a dead body. Because by him all things were created and his word had power in it. We too have power in our words. Matthew 12, um, 36 Jesus makes a statement here that's really powerful. He says, I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every 
empty word, some versions say idle words, that has been spoken. There's, have you ever sat there with your car running and it's idling? It's using up fuel, it's using up time, it's using up resources and it's consuming oxygen, but it's going nowhere. There's a lot of words that we use that, that actually take a lot of resource, take a lot of time, use up stuff, but they go nowhere. In fact, they don't just go nowhere because there has to be fruit from words. They usually take us backwards. But I want to tell you that there's actually a way of thinking and a way of speaking that takes us forward in life. It's God's way. Um, I'm just going to digress for a second. In 2 Corinthians 10, it, Paul's telling the church at, at Corinth, he says... Even though we live in the world, we don't fight like the world fights. And it talks about how the weapons, you know, that we don't fight against humans, but we fight against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark age. And that's the battle because they are trying to deceive us and con us into there's a way that we should live in life that's going to give us pleasure. But the Word of God tells us there's a way that seems right, but it produces death. And um, really, I want to find out where life is. Life is so important. But here it says we don't wage war as the, as the world does, but the weapons that we've got are actually mighty for pulling down strongholds. And it says that we demolish arguments and high and lofty thoughts or dominant thoughts, anything that would try and exalt it or lift itself above the knowledge of God. And we bring it subject to our understanding of Jesus. Because Jesus has accomplished everything, every victory, everything. That's why we proclaim his death and everything that he's done when we take communion. It's a powerful thing. It's not a dead ritual. It's actually a powerful impartation and something that we step into. It's funny though. It says that we pull down arguments and we pull down opinions. But in this day and age, it seems to be everyone wants to bring up arguments and bring up their opinions... Isn't it totally different? And it's not the way it's meant to be, because opinions really are like armpits. Everyone's got them, and most of them stink. My opinion means nothing to me, because my opinion has changed so much throughout my life that I realised, the only thing that I've found that is actually consistent and trustworthy is the Word of God. So, do you want to know some good things about, well... Let's, let's do a little bit of um, background and teaching on words. Proverbs 18, and Proverbs is a wisdom book. There's a number of wisdom books in the Bible, but if you're looking for wisdom in your life, not just knowledge, but actually a great way of applying good knowledge to your life so that you can find the good life. See, wisdom is all about finding the good life. And God has given us these books through his servants that make profound statements about life. In Proverbs 18, It's written, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, whether it's death or life. So you can speak words of death over yourself, over your finances, over, oh, I'm never going to have enough. Oh, this is never going to work out. Oh, we're all doomed. It's not going to work. Or you can say, no, 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 there's hope here. This is going to turn out all right. Doesn't matter what it looks like now, this is going to all turn out right. There's just a different, oh, I'm so nervous, I'm so fearful. No, no, I'm excited. There's a difference in the way. You might say, oh, it's all semantics. Yes, it is. But there's power in either you choosing death or you choosing life. Proverbs 21 also says that, that those who guard their mouth 
and their tongue keep themselves from trouble. Oh, there is so much in Proverbs about the mouth. Oh, about the tongue. <laughs> it says, you know, it's better to say quiet and appear to be a wise person than to open your mouth and just look like an idiot. Uh, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like you think, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put in a zinger here. <laughs> and everyone just goes, what? Ah. <laughs> oh. See, right at this moment, I am recalling times in my life where I've opened my mouth and I've just, ah, oh, just, let's move on. Matthew 12, Jesus says, by your words you will be acquitted, that means made innocent, or by your words you will be condemned. Our words have incredible power with, to them, and they're not just for a moment, they're eternal. Because one day we'll give an account for all the idle words, all the words that just were meaningless. We're actually meant to speak words of life, words of hope, words of faith, words of encouragement, because that's what builds the human soul. That's what builds and encourages one another into a higher level and into a higher position. We're not meant to pull one another down with our words. We're meant to lift one another and encourage one another and build one another up. It's important here, James um, 1 says, those who consider themselves, we'll get all spiritual for a moment, is that okay? Those who consider themselves religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, they just deceive themselves. And their religion or all their practices and all their good behavior and everything that they think that they're so good at, because sometimes people that no one likes, and, and this is really interesting, no one likes selfishness and no one likes hypocrisy. No one. But inwardly, we're all like that. Inwardly, we're all selfish and we're all hypocrites. But when we see it outwardly in somebody else, we will point it out and we will rail against it. But we forget that we are all capable of selfishness and we're all capable of saying and doing things that are against our integrity. So even if you look at somebody with a religious mindset, the word religion is a tough one to really get by, just like theology Religion is just our understanding of what God requires of us in its fullness. But the word of God says religion that God counts is actually looking after people that can't look after themselves and defending people that can't defend themselves. And he says, that's good behavior. That I acknowledge. I'm saying that, but now I'm getting off track with where I'm going. Is this all right? So if you think... I'm better than that because I don't behave like they behave. Straight away, the way you're acting is just way off par with God. Because God doesn't want a judgmental mindset. He wants us to be forgivers. See, people have got the wrong um, perception of church growing up because they've thought that church is here to tell people, you know, how to live. No, no, no. Jesus showed us how to live. Church is all about not having rules and regulations. It's about stepping into the freedom of Jesus. It is for freedom that Jesus sets us free. So don't go back to that old way of living, that old behavior that will just lead to a destructive lifestyle. Step into Jesus. That's where the good life is. Step into Jesus. That's where wisdom is. Step into Jesus. That's where peace is. And you'll find rest for your souls. We were reading that during Bible college this week, you know, the look for where the good, stand at the crossroads, look for where the good way is and go that way and you will find rest for your souls. It's in Jeremiah, it's a beautiful scripture. 
James 1, we're encouraged just before um, verse 26 about religion being worthless if we don't hold our tongue. It says, but be doers of the word, obey the message of it, and not just listeners of the word, betraying yourself into deception by reasonings contrary to the truth. So many times we can just reason things and say, but this will work out right. But where really Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. When we remember Jesus, it's not just in a, in a process of taking the bread and drinking the cup. It's actually in every day disciplining our lives to be um, integrous followers of Jesus. Another word that I brought out in the, the first service was intrepid. Intrepid, the word intrepid means to be resolutely courageous and fearless, persistent in the pursuit of something. We are meant to be intrepid followers of Jesus, intrepid disciples of our Lord. Colossians 3, we've got to be doers, not just hearers. Doers in every way. If we're challenged in something, allow that challenge to permeate your being and bring about a change. Don't just go, oh, that makes me feel bad about myself. No, 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 no. Why does it make you feel bad about yourself? If, if someone says, you shouldn't shoot your mouth off like that, or if somebody says, that behavior is destructive, or that behavior isn't right, and you go, oh, it makes me feel bad about myself. Why? Oh, well, I am who I am, and no one should change me. No. If I was who I was, none of you would like me. I actually watched a DVD recently. I've told the church this many times. Uh, I'm really bearing my soul here. <laughs> my kids dragged out our wedding video because um, Callum and Kim are getting married soon, very soon, and um, <laughs> way too soon. No, not really. No, it's just the garden's not ready, that's all, you know. And they dragged out our wedding video. Well, it's now on a DVD, which DVDs are even so old last century. And I'm, Kylie and I are watching this um, video of our marriage, and I'm looking at this gentleman marrying my wife, <laughs> and I'm going, "Hun, who the heck is that? And, and people say, oh, because you got hair. And I'm going, whether I had hair or not, I was an idiot back then. Like, I could not believe, I was just so wide, and I'm, ah, you think I'm really like a little bit radical now? I would have just worn you all out. Like, oh, I was tired and exhausted just from watching myself. I was, I was embarrassed thinking, who is that? I don't know him anymore. I'm glad that I have changed from when I was 23. I'm glad I'm not the same person I was back then. And if I, if I stood in the 23-year-old body and says, you can't change me, I am who I am, I was like, oh, no, I don't want you anymore. Allow the Word of God to discipline and govern your life. We're meant to bring heaven here on earth, in our lives even. To govern our lives and discipline our lives after the teachings of Jesus, who did good to all he met. Wouldn't that be just a profound thing? If nothing else, if we just follow Jesus in that, doing good to all we meet. Whether we're driving down the road and someone cuts us off or steals our car park or takes the trolley in front of us or I don't know what it is that presses your buttons, because those things really get me, you know. <laughs> Colossians 3, I love this. I'm just sharing scriptures with you this morning and unpacking it. Is that all right? Because I, I love the word of God. These, things have, these scriptures have changed my life. 
taught me to govern my tongue because I used to have a lot of opinions. I used to be very, um, yeah, supercilious <laughs> in the way that I would bring them forward. I would have arguments with people even if I didn't agree with what I was saying. I would still argue with them just to see if I could get them to change their point of view. That's super silly. <laughs> yes. Colossians 3, since then you have been raised with Christ. Isn't that just so beautiful? We don't have to stay in this low position anymore. We are raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, not just on things here on earth. Set yourself on Christ, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not just on earthly things. Because too many times we can focus on the earthly things and say, why haven't we got this? Why is this happening? Why is bad stuff going on in my life when I have no control over it? There should be something that God can do. And I, can, I tell you now, God does. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God that bypasses your thinking and your reasoning and your mind will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Why can I quote that? Because I have had to say it to myself over and over and over again when things have come to grip my heart with fear or to make me think, how do do I need to manipulate this? How do I need to change this? How do I need to turn this around so it comes out the way that I need it to come out so it works out good? I get to trust in God I get to step into a higher way. Not keep a, I get my mind on Christ and not on just the earthly things because I know that my father's got this. He's a good dad. He doesn't miss anything. His, hand, his arm's not too short to reach out and grab me from the deepest place. Hey, Sam, from the pit. Love that message this morning. He's, he's, he's not, his eyes aren't too restricted that he can't see me at any point. Darkness isn't even darkness to him. In dark, he created dark. He sees in dark. You might think that you're hiding or you're lost in darkness. He sees you exactly where you are. Oh, I love our Father. For you died and your life is now hidden. See, we think death is a bad thing in this situation, but no, our life is now hidden in Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to this earthly nature. And it goes into sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. When, when greed, when selfishness, you're actually saying, I'm worshipping me at the moment because I want this. I must have this. I needs this. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. The judgment of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. I love these words. You used to. This is you once lived like this, but now you live a different way. And in Colossians 3.8, goes on to say in the Amplified, but now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things. And listen to this list. Anger, rage, bad feelings towards others, curses and slander and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. It goes from a, a position of behavior with our body to what we say predominantly with our mouths. Because there is so much power in your mouth, what you say about yourself and what you say about your families and what you say about your future and what you say about your past. God is the God yesterday, today, forever the same. Colossians 1, um, 1.9, it goes on to say, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, and he's talking about the the church at um, Colossae, 
We have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and all the understanding that the Spirit gives. See, the Holy Spirit, if Jesus didn't die and go, then the Spirit couldn't come. We have the Holy Spirit now so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Wow, what a statement. I'm exhausted from it. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. See, sins is just missing the mark sometimes. It's not just wicked, evil behavior. Sin is just missing the mark in God, missing what God designed you for, the purposes that God has you on the planet for, the things that you really give you life and say, yes, I found purpose in life. We find that in Jesus. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. How poetic is this? For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers of authority, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Sometimes you might think, think things are spinning out of control and you've got to talk about it, I want to remind you of this scripture here. In Him, all things hold together. You're not going to fall apart. You're not going to fly apart when you're in Him. I want to encourage you in this week to come. If you're going to react in a certain way with your words, stop. Word of God tells us, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry, and slow to take offense. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Too many people are quick to speak, slow to think. Don't be like that. I hope the Holy Spirit's encouraged you in some way this morning with your words. Maybe your words about your partner, maybe your words about maybe even your future partner that you may not have even met yet and you're just going, oh, I want them to be a certain way. And when you might miss it when they turn up. I don't know who that's for, but that just came into my mind. Words about your job. Because tomorrow morning you might have to get up and go, gee, I wish it was last week when I had a Monday off. Word of God says if you don't work, you don't eat. It's important to work and to honour our masters. (laughs) Honour those who employ us. So many things about our words that have profound influence on our health. Bridie, do you want to just come up and share that thing? Grab it. Where's the microphone, Zach? Bridie's my beautiful daughter. She's doing psychology at university. Actually, grab your seats for a second. I'm sorry. She's going to tell us about something called cognitive dissidence. Dissidence. Words are so important. Anyway, I'm just going to jump straight to it. Anyway. 
So I've been learning about this concept called cognitive dissonance. And it's this idea that as humans, we physically cannot have conflicting beliefs. Um, and I found this so interesting. I just applied it to my Christian walk. Um, and it's when we learned about it, she actually said, if you have conflicting beliefs, you'll subconsciously disregard them totally to follow one thing. So if you're like what dad said before about John and use that example, we can take the worldly death perspective and go, things are getting bad and they're only getting worse. And when we take that perspective, you physically cannot let life come into your mind because you've chosen that perspective. But when we actively say, God has done this and he's going to do it again, yeah, yeah. he's my healer, he's my yeah. provider, you're actively choosing the life perspective and you cannot let death back into your mind and that mm -hmm. worldly perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well done. The Word of God says you can't serve two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. <laughs> I know it makes sense, doesn't it? But I, and break, breaking it down. You can't have conflicting um, ideals in your life. A double-minded person is unstable in everything they do. That's what the Word of God says. Thanks for joining today. It would be so awesome to see you at church this Sunday. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.